Before we get into the message this morning, I want to mention a couple of things. I guess this is the morning of announcements. Um, these aren't so much announcements as they are just things I want to bring to your attention uh, as hopefully things that will be an encouragement to you. First of all, I want to point out the pastor's recommendation uh, book of the month that is in the bulletin. It is a very different Christmas. What are you hoping for this year? Co-authored by Rico Tice. Rico Tice is a very well-respected and well-known evangelist from Great Britain. Um, very well-respected. Um, all the things he writes are things you can trust. He is also the author of the book Christianity Explored and uh, the book Honest Evangelism. And so a very gifted man in the area of sharing the gospel. And uh, the reason I point this out is because this is the book that we are going to give away on Christmas Eve. As we've shared with you, we are going to take a slightly different approach to Christmas Eve this year. Recent studies have shown that Christmas Eve is now the most likely church service for unchurched people to attend of all church services in the year, including Easter Sunday. In fact, I was just reading an article yesterday about this, and it's a fascinating thing that unchurched people want to come on Christmas Eve and sing traditional Christmas carols and have candles. Isn't that interesting? They want to come on Christmas Eve and they want to sing traditional Christmas carols and they want it to be a candlelight service. This wasn't just for our area. This was an, a nationwide study. And so we're going to take an evangelistic approach to that service and we're going to give this book away. And I thought you might want maybe to even buy some extra copies ahead of time. You can get this on Amazon for $4.99 or the Kindle version's $3.99, so it's not an expensive book at all. But we're excited about the outreach that we can potentially have on uh, Christmas Eve. Now, secondly, and I don't always do this, but in the newsletter, which is out today, our church newsletter, this one for December and January, I've included an article in there. The Food for Thought article is by Francis Chan, and it's, uh, the title of it is The Greatest Thing You Could Do Today. And sometimes you just come across an article that really moves you or really convicts you or challenges you. And this is one of these articles. It's not a real long article, but the thrust of the article is this, and that is the most important thing you can do every single day is to spend time in the presence of God, to spend time with him alone in his presence. And Francis Chan says it is even more important than listening to sermons and even more important than reading books. And this, let me just give you a quick excerpt from this article. He says he longs, Francis Chan says he longs to be with people who have been in the presence of God. He says, I want to know the thoughts of God. I want to gather with people who have been reading God's words, people who have prayed and interacted with him. I want to fellowship with those who fellowship with God. And then he says this, I couldn't care less if you have a doctorate in theology or 60 years of life experience. I would rather talk with a 15-year-old who has been in the presence of God. 
That's quite a statement. I don't care if you have a doctorate in theology or if you've been a believer for 60 years. I'd rather talk to a 15-year-old who has spent time in the presence of God. This is one of these articles that could have a significant influence in your life and encourage you to read it. Again, it's in our church newsletter. Also, it is available at desiringgod.org. So I just wanted to quickly mention that. Now, this morning, I am going to begin a brand new Christmas series, and this series is called The Questions of Christmas. I've been working on it for quite a while, and over the next four Sundays plus Christmas Eve, we are going to look at the questions of Christmas. Today, we're going to look at the question, can I trust this Jesus? Can I trust this Jesus? And guys, I'm going to have you go ahead and blank out that back monitor if you don't mind. Thank you. And then next week on the 11th, we're going to look at the question, can this Jesus help me? Can this Jesus of Christmas, this baby of Bethlehem, can, does he care about my problems right now in my real life experiences? And then on the 18th, Sunday the 18th, we're going to ask the question, does this Jesus know and control the future? Does anybody know and control the future? Or is the future simply a series of random chances and accidents? And then on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve, we're going to look at the question, again, more of an evangelistic approach. We're going to look at John the Baptist's question. Are you the one who is to come? Or should we look for someone else? That is what John sent his disciples to ask Jesus. Are you the one who is to come? Or should we be looking for someone else? Is Jesus the source of salvation and hope? Or should we be looking for something or someone else? And then on Christmas Day, which is a Sunday this year, we are going to look at Pilate's question to Jesus, what is truth? Recently, our culture has been defined as post-truth. People are questioning whether there really is anything such as truth. And I think it's important that we address that question as a church. Now, all five of these messages are going to be based on texts that aren't traditional Christmas passages. However, I want you to know that in each and every one of these sermons, I will have all kinds of traditional Christmas passages woven into them from Matthew, from Luke, from Isaiah, from Micah. So that's the direction that we are going to be going in this Christmas season. And this morning we are going to look at the question, Can I Trust? this Jesus. So if you have a Bible with you, I would like you to turn to Revelation chapter 1 and verses 4 through 8. If you don't have a Bible with you, that is okay. We have Bibles in the chairs in front of you. I think like every third chair has a, uh, a Bible there. If you're not sure how to use a Bible, that's okay too. You can just listen because I will read all the passages. So if it's you don't know how to find some of these passages, we want you to know that's okay because I will read them for you and you can just follow along. 
Now, we are actually going to look at this particular passage for three weeks. Today, the 11th and the 18th, Revelation 1, verses 4 through 8, will be our passage, our text that we will be looking at. And this passage, as I studied it back when I preached through the book of Revelation a number of years ago, this is the gateway to the book of Revelation. It enters us into this fascinating last book of the Bible and introduces us to the most important person in the book of Revelation, and that is Jesus Christ himself. So today, this morning, we're just going to look at the first two verses, actually verse 4 and the first part of verse 5. Verse 4 and the first part of verse 5. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ to the Apostle John. And we read this. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth. Our first point this morning is, who is this Jesus? Mary, the mother of Jesus, wondered in her mind, who is this child? One of the most fascinating subjects every Christmas is what was Mary thinking and what did Mary understand at this time? And those are questions that we couldn't, can never fully answer. Someday in heaven we'll be get, we'll be able to ask her. But there was a lot for her to ponder. And in fact, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19, it tells us that she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. In Luke chapter 1, she is visited by the angel Gabriel who comes and tells her that this baby that is going to be placed in her womb by the Holy Spirit, by God, this baby, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. In Luke chapter 2, we read of the shepherds who had this amazing, stupendous visitation from this first one angel and then a whole host of angels. And they are so amazed that they go, the Bible says they go in haste, and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby in a manger, and they tell them what they have seen and what they have heard. And they tell Mary and Joseph that the angels said this, today, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And then Mary and Joseph take the baby the young infant Jesus to the temple courts and they are met by the elder Simeon and he says to Mary in Luke chapter 2, a sword will pierce your own soul too. Who is this Jesus of Christmas? Who is this Jesus of the stable, of the manger? Perhaps one of the greatest most important descriptions of Jesus found in all of Scripture is in Colossians chapter 1 and verses 15 through 18 where the Apostle Paul writes, He is the image of, excuse me, of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, 
visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Think of what is being said about Jesus here. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. By him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him, in Jesus, all things hold together, and in everything he is to be preeminent. Wow, who is this Jesus? I say to you this morning that he is God of very God. He is not like God, he is God. He is God. It's amazing how songs come along, more modern songs, and some of them stick and some of them don't about Christmas. But one of them that has stuck for the last 20 years now, actually written in 1996 by Mark, Mark Lowry, is a song that has become a staple in almost all evangelical churches today, and that is Mary, Did You Know? In which he writes, Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. And then I think of another song that is becoming more and more sung at Christmas time. It is a song written by uh, Keith Getty and Stuart Townen called Across the Lands. We sing it as a church. We first sang it as a missionary song, and it is a great mission song, but it is also a great Christmas song and they write this of Jesus you're the word of God the Father from before the world began every star and every planet has been fashioned by your hand all creation holds together by the power of your voice let the skies declare your glory let the land and seas rejoice yet you left the gaze of angels came to seek and save the lost and exchange the joy of heaven for the anguish of a cross. Let me say again, who is this Jesus? He is God of very God. He is not like God or similar to God. He is God. And yet we know many people do not believe this or do not understand it or have never understood it. In our own country, and around the world, people from every people group are asking, who is this Jesus, and can I trust him? When missionaries go into an unreached people group and they talk to them about Jesus and they present the gospel to them, those people are asking, who is he? Who is this Jesus, and can I trust him? But think of our own nation. We don't even have to go overseas to understand this. Think of people in our own nation, so many.
people sing Christmas carols but do not know the Christ of Christmas. So many people open Christmas gifts but do not know the free gift of salvation in Christ. So many people talk and sing of joy and celebration. We will hear repeatedly, this is a festive time of year, but they do not know the joy of the Lord. And so our second point this morning is, can I trust him? Can I trust this Jesus? With so many different religions in the world, how can I know that the baby in the manger, Jesus of Nazareth, can be trusted? Well, in verses 4 and 5, the first part of verse 5, we have an amazing description of the Trinity. Not often thought of as a Trinitarian passage, but it very much is. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this message, this passage is the gateway into the book of Revelation and our introduction to its most important figure, and that is Jesus Christ himself. In verse 4, it says John, the apostle John, to the seven churches that are in Asia. John is about to write in chapters 2 and 3, seven specific messages to seven specific churches that are very real, actual churches. And he begins this way, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And this is a mighty, majestic description of God the Father. This is the description of the eternality of God, that God has always existed. He has no beginning, and he has no end. He is the timeless one. And that is hard for us to grasp, hard for us to wrap our finite minds around that God had no beginning. We think everything has a beginning and end, but God does not. He has always existed. He was always there. He is there now, and he always will be there. Oh, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And then John writes, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And this is a description of the Holy Spirit. Now we know that the Holy Spirit is one, but the number seven here is used as the number of perfection. It describes the perfection and fullness of the Holy Spirit because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is multifaceted. And this describes for us, is meant to say to us that the Holy Spirit does many things as the third person of the Trinity, excuse me, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. In Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, we read, and the Spirit, and the word Spirit here is capitalized, which means the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. 
Let it be known this morning that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of understanding. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of counsel. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of might. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of knowledge. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. And then lastly, he says... In our text this morning and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. There is a threefold description of this Jesus that we are looking at this morning. First of all, it says he is the faithful witness. And we will look at this more on Christmas morning as we see Jesus as truth itself. But this morning, I want you to know that he is the faithful witness. And he is the faithful witness in two ways. First, he is the faithful witness of the revelation of who God is. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know what the majestic, transcendent, all-knowing, all-powerful God of all heaven and earth is like, look at Jesus, for he is God. He is the faithful witness of the revelation of who God is. Secondly, he is the faithful witness in that everything he proclaims is the truth from God. Every teaching of his Everything he describes is the truth from God himself. So he is the faithful witness in being the revelation of who God is. And he speaks the very words of God to us. And his witness is always faithful. And his witness is always true. And then secondly, he is the firstborn of the dead. He is the resurrected and living Christ, and he is alive right now. But when it says he is the firstborn of the dead, it does not mean firstborn or first raised from the dead in chronological order. No, it means he is the firstborn of the dead in preeminence and importance. There were people raised from the dead in the Old Testament. Jesus himself raised people from the dead. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead. But all of those people who were raised from the dead died eventually. They died again. But Jesus Christ was resurrected never to die again. And only through the resurrected and living Christ, only from the firstborn of the dead, can we have eternal life, everlasting life, forgiveness of sins, and access into the very presence of God. Oh, he is the firstborn, the most important resurrection from the dead. And thirdly, it says he is the ruler of kings on earth. And that means that he is the sovereign Lord of all nations. He is the sovereign Lord of all peoples. Right now, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning from heaven. One day, he will literally rule and reign on this earth during the millennial kingdom. And he sovereignly rules over all of us. He truly is the king of all the kings and the Lord 
of all the Lord's. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Let me summarize all of this by saying it this way. The baby of Bethlehem is the second person of the Trinity. He is God in the flesh. He is the incarnation. He is. The incarnation means that God took upon himself human flesh. He took upon himself a human body and took upon himself human nature. Now he is completely sinless in his human nature, but nonetheless he took upon himself our nature. Jesus experienced hunger and thirst. He experienced loneliness. He experienced all of the human emotions that we experience because he became like us. He is the incarnation and he is such a beautiful thought this time of year. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Let us keep that at the forefront of our minds all Christmas long, all year long. He is God with us. The God of heaven and earth, the creator of all things. The one who holds every molecule and every atom together came and lived among us. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Apostle John says in John chapter 1 and verses 1 and 14, referring to Jesus as the Logos, the very Word of God. We have the written Word of God, which is the Bible, and we have the living Word of God, which is Jesus himself. And John writes, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and notice this, and the Word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Can I trust this Jesus? Can I trust this Jesus, folks? He is the only one you can trust. Can I trust him? He's the only person in the whole universe you can trust. You can trust him for your salvation. You can trust him to keep you. You can trust him to protect you. You can trust him to watch over you. You can trust him to lead you. You can trust him to guide you. Yes, he is God of very God, as I mentioned before, and he is worthy, worthy of all of our trust. And I want to remind us again this Christmas, do not water down Christmas. Do not hide. Do not hide from its eternal, life-changing significance. Christmas is astounding. I was talking with Ralph and Anita Ioko out in the foyer this morning, and we said together, they said, they mentioned, 
this is just a special time of year. It is. It is. There is something so special about remembering the birth of Christ, about remembering, dwelling upon, pondering upon, meditating upon the fact that the eternal God came into our world and lived among us to provide for a perfect salvation. And so I say to all of us, I proclaim, I proclaim to all of us this Christmas, the eternal, unchanging, all-powerful, all-knowing creator of heaven and earth came as a baby born in Bethlehem. That is what we are celebrating. Do not compromise that in any way, shape, or form. The great God of heaven and earth was born as a baby in Bethlehem. I say to you, trust him. Trust him. Trust him with your entire life. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And you can trust him every minute of every day with your life. Let's pray together. Father, oh, we thank you for the celebration of this Christmas season. Yes, oh yes, we are to keep these things in mind all year long, but we thank you, we praise you for these times of special emphasis, these times of being reminded of great, magnificent, eternal truths, life-changing truths. Oh Lord, help us to participate fully, heart, soul, mind, and strength in all that Christmas is. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.